the upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. get it going right here right now welcome to coliseum chad that's right you're listening to the pilot the first episode the brand new podcast endeavor of the chadster this is coliseum chad a long look back at the history of coliseum video the collecting of coliseum video the evolution of coliseum video through the eyes of one of your favorite podcasters i hope me the chadster so if you didn't know by now that's who i am and once a month, we're going to take a break from the new generation declassified timeline, and we're going to dive into the world of Coliseum Video, uh, the WWF's former home video tape outlet, uh, the distributor of so many classic, classic moments and classic releases that fell under the first ever WWF home video catalog what else can you say i'm here i'm so pumped to talk about this uh, topic i am so excited to introduce coliseum video to fans i'm in i'm excited to get this rolling and uh, kind of tap you into a little bit of what makes me tick uh, as a fan obviously you know my uh, wide range of wrestling history um well this is where it all started it all started with coliseum video and discovering this in 1987 uh, just a few years into when Coliseum Video uh, launched. But on this podcast journey, we are going to talk about uh, all things related to Coliseum Video. So again, this will be episode one. We're going to do this once a month. So New Generation Declassified airs every Wednesday. One Wednesday out of the month, you're going to get Coliseum Chad. And if <laughs> if I've talked to you and you know everybody knows how quirky I can be sometimes... Uh, I played with the name uh, a couple different ways. I just thought Coliseum Chad worked because, again, it's such a part of my wrestling fandom and personality is these tapes. It opened up such a massive world to me of not just wrestling tapes, but all kind of tape collecting and home media and home video. Uh, and at the time in the 80s when video stores were a destination for everybody uh, to to rent whatever they wanted for the first time ever. This was uh, really just, it just was such a great time to be a fan. And I want to open this window to you as either a collector or as a novice or somebody who's just discovering for the first time, what the heck Coliseum video is. You've heard me talk about it. Uh, some of the best and, uh, and most requested topics of new generation declassified have been kind of my deep dives into the Coliseum videos of that era. And during that era, you know, they started to get a little lean. It wasn't as expansive as it was in the eighties. And I have always talked about, it. I'd rather talk about that time in the eighties. We're not just going to stick to the eighties Coliseum video. It's probably going to rely heavily on that for the first couple of shows that we, uh, we dive into here, but you know, look the nineties and from 1990 to 1997, there was a lot of great releases as well. So there's a lot of content to, to cover. There are 176 mainline Coliseum videos in existence, right? From 1 to 176. Uh, but along the way, there are side series. There's collector series. There was a Columbia House uh, released series. There are so many different little nuggets that we get to, to dig out of uh, the abyss that you're going to learn so much uh, from me about this uh, wonderful collection collection, and this wonderful world of uh, WWF Coliseum video. Man, the promotional material, uh, the stuff that I've been able to unearth just in the last three and a half weeks of wanting to get this show together has been just uh, a whirlwind of, um, <laughs> of rev <laughs> revelations. I've been able to acquire stuff that I didn't know existed even as much as I collect the stuff and I, and I always poke around at it, I'll take breaks. I, I haven't really, before this last couple of, uh, I'd say a little under a month, 
I the last time I kind of went back to the Coliseum, Coliseum Video World was maybe three years ago, where I poked around and I picked up one or two tapes and I just kind of put them in the uh, the old vault and forgot about them. But at one time. The tape game was very strong uh, within the TMPT Empire. Both me and John um, just uh, absolutely out of this world chasing down the Coliseum videos, especially in the early 2000s as video stores started to close and started to liquidate their inventory. Um, it would be a, quite the um, the, the <laughs> it'd be, it'd be quite the the trip to go out on a, a Saturday afternoon and basically drive through the state of New Jersey looking for wrestling tapes. But nonetheless, yes, two people that you listen to very regularly did so. Uh, but for me, it actually it starts in 1999 when my home base video store, West Coast Video in Middletown, New Jersey, uh, liquidated, and that changed everything for me because it was around the time I first discovered eBay. And when I remember driving by West coast video on a Friday night and seeing store closing sale and losing my freaking mind. And as sad as I was to see the video store go, I mean, we ran in and I went right for the tapes that were my go-tos at that time, which were WrestleFest 88 macho madness, the, uh, the, the chronicling of uh, macho man's WWF title win and I believe I got Hulkamania 4, uh, which is another one that was at the top of my list um, at that point. Uh, but during the liquidation sale, and this was pretty cool, they would actually cycle tapes from other stores into my West Coast video to move because it was such a big, massive inventory they were getting rid of. And I ended up getting tapes that I had never seen before in the stores, including Brutus the Barber Beefcake, Jake the Snake Roberts, or if I had seen them, I just I hadn't rented them in 10 plus years. And um, the different video stores you'd have in your repertoire, you know, you'd go through your dad's wallet and he'd have a card to Blockbuster, but he'd have a card to Phaser Video, or he'd have a, a West Coast Video card, or a Video Is card, or an Easy Video, or all these different little mom and pop shops that it seemed like everybody had a different inventory and you could kind of fill in the holes of all the, the missing uh, titles that you hadn't seen before. And I mean, that's not even getting into the Turner broadcasting world and the WCW tapes. Those were impossible to find in some markets, especially in New Jersey. You know, there were one or two that I knew of that even had WCW home video in their, um, in their database. But the, these Coliseum videos, uh, being able to own them, it just changed the game. And again, eBay being introduced to me in 1999, the first thing I bought off of eBay was Hulkamania 2, which is the, the saga of Paul Orndorff and Hulk Hogan. And it is uh, a just absolute gem of a home video to own. The cover is Hogan in the blue Hulkamania shirt uh, that he only had for a little bit of time in 1987 uh the big clamshell cases of the wrestling tapes that were reminiscent of the disney tapes and the kids tapes at the time they stood out so well um compared to other tapes that you might find you know your ghostbusters tape was a black box with the white lettering but then you put it next to your wwf tape and it's this big clamshell yellow tape with red border and big bold letters and these guys in these colorful costumes um quite the sight to see in, in your your library but nonetheless you know if you had your different video store cards and you were able to go to different places you knew who had what and you kind of got yourself accustomed to uh the rotation uh, one of the things I want to dig into is the fact that I'm taking this as like a recollecting journey and uh, being able to to do this show uh, has really maybe uh, opened up the wallet more than I had hoped. But in the last couple of weeks, you know, I've started to acquire tapes I've had in the past, but also get introduced to tapes that I didn't know existed. And not that it's not a, it's not a title that I didn't know existed, but I didn't know um, how these tapes were sold in other parts of the world. And recently, and I tweeted about this uh, a few weeks back, but I was able to acquire the Japanese version of WrestleMania 3 on Coliseum Video. It's a fully licensed uh, RCA Victor tape um, with an RCA uh, hologram on the back. The case itself, when I received it, was in unbelievable condition. It looks brand new. Um, but it's not the classic big clamshell case. It's more of 
um, a standard open and closed case, you know, the clasp case, the one that locks uh, when you push it together, but not the big clamshell one that was very distinct and, and stood out. It's a smaller case, but it's in a red uh, promotional uh, display. So instead of the black with the iconic Hogan and Andre uh, picture face to face, it's actually all in red and it's got the American writing underneath all the stuff, but then it's got the Japanese underneath. It just, it is so cool. I'm going to tweet a picture about it again so people can see it. But uh, since seeing WrestleMania three, I've also found there was a WrestleMania two that was a little bit out of the price range of what I wanted to spend for it, but nonetheless did not know uh, it existed. But now one of the things I want to dive into as we move forward with this show is what else is out there that I don't know exists. Maybe there is something that, you know, when you're listening to this, that you might say, there's no way in hell that Chad knows about this. And if you ask me about the Japanese versions of the Coliseum videos, um, on New Year's Day, I wouldn't have known what it was. And I remember just going across it and having to go back and, and thinking maybe, okay, bootleg, right? Possible. But it was not. This is 100% a Coliseum video, and I've yet to put it in the, the machine. And I might do that. I should maybe done that before I recorded this, but I'm going to do that soon. I haven't had time to sit with it. But you could just tell this is not a bootleg tape. And I've gotten bootleg Coliseum videos from the U.K., and trust me, this ain't no bootleg. Uh, but in the UK, they had a similar style of tape release uh, with that box. But give or take, sometimes you order things offline. Back in the day, you didn't know if you were getting the real thing or a bootleg, which I did find out the hard way when I tried to then resell it. And that's what we call a learning experience. Um, but we're going to dive into that, the boot, you know, the, the, the UK releases, the German releases, and now the Japan releases. Uh, the cool thing about the UK and Germany is that they had tapes that were never even released in the United States. So they've got stuff that I'm trying to track down. I have uh, an email out to one of the executives from Silver Vision, which was the UK distributor of Coliseum videos in, um, in, in Europe to kind of gauge what was the thought behind bringing the wrestling tapes to this market, because the WWF didn't really start touring UK and beyond up until about 1988, 1989. And the silver vision releases coincide with those first um, drawn out long tours of the UK in, um, in, in such a, a clear way that it, you it's, it kind of mirrors my story of how I got into uh, discovering the WWF. And that's going to be another part of the theme of this episode is in a little while, we're going to jump over to an interview that I conducted with, uh, with my uncle, who is the man that got me into this uh, crazy Coliseum video world, the wrestling world, WWF. Uh, it was him renting the tapes back in the eighties that introduced me to all this. And he's going to kind of talk about that and, and how he would go about renting the tapes and what it meant to rent the tapes and how I kind of, um, it, it became a thing because you didn't have the availability to just go into a store and buy them. You had to rent them from a, a, a video um, store, essentially, to, to bring these home. You could order them through a magazine, but we didn't have $59.95 or $69.95 to, uh, to order them. And not all the magazines offered the wrestling tapes. You had to go and rent these things from the store. And he talks about the event that it would become uh, to do so, and then introducing me to them at a young age. So you get the Chad uh, wrestling origin story on this show, and I just felt that was a really cool kind of compliment to um, a first episode or a pilot or whatever you want to call uh, Coliseum Chad's first uh, endeavor here. Uh, another thing I want to point out, too, uh, that we will cover as time goes on, uh, that it wasn't just VHS tapes that Coliseum Video would release. They would also have a series of laser discs and Betamax tapes that did span a pretty long amount of time for the Betamax and Betamax would eventually phase out on its own, but the laser discs are a smaller sample. The Betamax tapes are a wider uh, range of titles, but uh, the laser discs are pretty expensive if you're trying to get into collecting them, but the Betamax tapes are harder to find. So you can get your hands on a laser disc, but you're going to be paying in excess of 40 or $50. The Betamax tapes, you don't see them come around as often. And when they do, you generally have to jump on them quick because they will go um, 
in, in a pretty quick fashion. The laser discs, they'll kind of hang around because the price tag's too high. Now, I do have one of the uh, the WWF laser discs. I have bloopers, bleeps, and body slams, and it's sealed. So I would love to open it up and throw it in the uh, the laser disc player because I do own a laser disc player. But I don't want to open it. I don't want to break the seal. I don't want to take something that's been um, in its case the way it has been for 35 years and then open it up. And, you know, it's never going to go back the same way again. So I kind of take it in as it's uh, sealed form. I trust that uh, if I was to open it up, it would work. Uh, My LaserDisc player is a Pioneer LaserDisc uh, player, and it is one of the top of the line models. I don't have the number of what it is, but um, when I bought it, at a thrift shop. They did my research on it. And at the time it was released, it was like a $500 machine. You know, I bought it for 10 bucks on like a 50% off day. So laser disc, uh, if you had a laser disc, you know, not to say you were rich, but you definitely had a couple of bucks because they were expensive. The, the discs were expensive. They were heavy. They were big. But what I love about them from a collectability point of view is they display really well. So if you want to throw it up on a, on a wall in a frame, it looks like how if you threw a record album up on a wall in a frame, it would look. But this time, it's a movie uh, title. And to tie in some IB exclusives um, promotion, I just announced my private signing with William Shatner coming up in March. And I've already picked up two laser discs. Uh, for that signing because they are really cool when they get signed. So it's one of those things. If you, you're able to grab one just for the sake of grabbing one, great. If you can grab one and do have a laser displayer, I would love to hear what you think about it. And, and if it looks better because the laser disc was supposed to be kind of like the precursor to DVD in terms of the quality, uh, but obviously just not as compact and easy to, uh, to store. So uh, if you have one and you've tried it, please, I would love to hear. Now, if you also have a Betamax uh, Coliseum video and have had a chance to check that out, I would love to hear that as well. Because even though I have a couple beta tapes, I don't have a machine. I've never seen one that was worth purchasing. I've seen them at thrift shops and antique stores and and secondhand places, but I haven't pulled the trigger on getting it because they're a little bulkier. And if it doesn't work, then you just bought literal like a hunk of junk that, you know, why put yourself through that, uh, that anxiety of it not working and trying to fix it and knowing that you're not a, uh, Betamax, uh, video machine repairman. So save yourself the trouble. Don't uh, get a Betamax, but the tapes are cool. The tapes are sweet. Same kind of box artwork, but in a smaller form. So whereas you got the big clamshell, the Betamax tapes were a little more compact, uh, bigger than a, a actual like uh, music cassette, but smaller than a VHS. So it kind of fell in the middle. And so if you're a diehard, you might have a Betamax or two in your uh, collection. Um, we'll also talk about the promotional stuff. I've talked about that a lot on New Generation Declassified. You know, you'd get your random, uh, you know, acclaim strategy tips for uh, WrestleMania arcade game. You know, where you'd get something like uh, the the WWF Superstar uh, music compilations, Pile Driver, or WWF the um, uh, WrestleMania uh, album. You know, you get those kinds of special releases that you know they were what they were. Uh, but I want to really dive into stuff like the UK releases, the German releases, and all the specialty stuff. It, it's a lot to unfold here, and that's why I want to take this episode to explain all that. And see, and I'm very open to suggestions, so that's always welcome. So please pass them along if you can, because I'd love to hear it. Um, I'd like to throw it over to my little talk here with my uncle. And again, the origin stories of me, of the Chadster. This is how I got into this uh, this collecting world and discovered wrestling. It was through him and the uh, the Coliseum videos. So we will catch you back here in a couple of minutes after the interview is complete to wrap it up and uh, get things rolling and moving forward for this uh, dive here into the uh, the world of Coliseum Video. Uh, so stay tuned, and uh, we'll catch you back here uh, after the jump. Hey, fans, if you'd like more information on Coliseum Video releases, or you just want to let us know what's on your mind, write to Coliseum Video, Post Office Box 1311, West Caldwell, New Jersey, 07007. 
Well, all right, here we go. Back in here on uh, Coliseum Chad. Huh? How about that for a name? Uh, the debut uh, interview segment for this uh, said program. Uh, trying to come up with something to help people get introduced to Coliseum Video in the way that a young Chadster did at some point. This podcast, as I described in the open, uh, is really a labor of love. I would like to introduce people to this world. Uh, and there's no better way to introduce you to the world of Coliseum Video without giving you a little bit of a background as to why I love it so much. I talk about it. I detail it. I'm going to give you so many uh, little tips and pointers on how you can get into Coliseum Video as well. But let's start with me. And I'm going to welcome in my guests. Nobody knows me better, possibly, in this world. Uh, then my guest tonight, he's my godfather, he is my uncle, he is my close confidant, and someone I bounce a lot of stuff off of. He is my Uncle Brian. Uncle Brian, welcome to uh, Coliseum Chad. What do you think about that name? Uh, I, I think uh, it is aptly named, and uh, I couldn't be more honored to be here right now. It was either Coliseum Cast, Coliseum, you know, into the Coliseum, Coliseum this, Coliseum, and I said, what about just Coliseum Chad? I mean, it, it, it describes me, right? Uh, absolutely does. It uh, goes to literally your uh, origins. Under a different name, of course, uh, under a different identity. But that's kind of where we'll start the story. Coliseum Video, uh, a huge deal in the uh, home video boom of the 1980s. You yourself uh, growing uh, in that stage, starting to get into the professional world. Uh, talk about discovering uh wrestling on home video and uh, kind of <laughs> what that meant to your viewing habits as uh the tape rental business started to explode uh well um it was kind of, kind of uh i want to say that it was probably uh like a lot of other people uh rocky three that um uh got me back into uh wrestling fandom you know seeing um uh Thunderlips. I had no idea who Hulk Hogan was at that time. I just thought that the Thunderlips character was uh, was uh, really really cool. Kind of reminded me of um, my original favorite uh, wrestler, uh, superstar Billy Graham. So then, um, fast forward a little bit to uh, probably around I guess eighty five or so, and. Um, uh, Hulkamania is, uh, is starting to, uh, uh, take off and, uh, and, uh, I found it, um, intriguing. So I, uh, I dipped into a couple of, uh, um, broadcasts, uh, started catching superstars on, uh, Saturday mornings and then, um, uh, challenge on Sunday mornings. And, uh, and I was hooked. I was back in it, um, and I'd have to say it was all because of uh, Hulkamania. So, um, not realizing that uh, uh, they had such a library, a vast library that, uh, that was coming out on video, I would go to local video store, probably one of the best in uh, in Brooklyn at the time, Parkway Video on Bay Parkway in Brooklyn, New York. Um, and I uh, I came across their uh, their wrestling section. And um, I started to rent just about everything I could get my hands on because uh, Brooklyn didn't have cable. It didn't have uh, MSG. Couldn't catch the uh, uh, MSG matches uh, for the WWF. So um, the Coliseum video opened the door to see things that I uh, matches that I had no uh, otherwise access in addition to matches that um, uh, weren't televised. So um, it's going one after the other, and then they started to have new releases uh, where you could only rent them for one night. Uh -huh. And uh, and then I was like, oh, my goodness. The best part is not a lot of people were renting these, so it's, uh, the availability of it was uh, was pretty easy. And um, and I, you know, take them home and uh, after uh, work or a date on Saturday night, I'd throwing him two o'clock in the morning and I'd sit there and I'd watch, you know, uh, Hulkamania one or, uh, uh, Jake, the snake Roberts or Randy Macho man, Savage. Um, and, uh, and just, uh, was just enthralled. I was absolutely hooked and that led to buying the, uh, the WWF magazines off of the local newsstand. And I was just, uh, I guess you could say I was uh, an eighties Mark. Cause that uh, I was just, <laughs> I was just in. 
Thank God that you were. That's all I can tell you. Thank <laughs> God that you were. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's just that's so awesome. Uh, the fact that one, Rocky Three brings you back, Thunder Lips, the ultimate male versus the ultimate meatball. Uh, that little cameo, how it really changed the course of pro wrestling. Uh, from what you remembered it in the 70s when you were uh, you know, a fan, and like you said, a big fan of Billy Graham, um, on what, midnight, the, the WWF on Channel 9? Yeah, yeah, and you know, it's ironic uh, because it was actually uh, your dad and uh, Uncle Donnie that uh, uh, introduced me, um, not on purpose, but they just kind of threw it on um, uh, a couple of times as a goof, um, you know, after a, a family get-together or something for a birthday or whatever, and would end uh, late in those days because everybody was was a lot younger <laughs> and, able, and able to be up past nine o'clock. Um, so, um, uh, they, they threw it on a couple of times and, um, as a goof and I was just enamored by it. You know, that was the early days when, you know, Vince would, um, uh, interview Andre the giant and to make it even, um, more of a spectacular moment he had andre standing on a box so it looked like andre was towering over this man i mean he probably did anyway but not as much as the uh, as the picture would tell you and then you know superstar um wizard uh, ivan putsky um uh, haystacks calhoun uh, one guy that always stuck with me was Mean Mountain Mike. Hmm. Um, <laughs> I think he was probably the equivalent of uh, a jobber at that time, but he was the, the, the largest human being I think I had ever seen in my short life at that point in the uh, mid-70s. And um, and then, you know, I kind of uh, uh, broke away from it until, you know, like I said, until Rocky, Rocky III reignited it. Yeah, it's funny because uh, uh, Man Mountain Mike didn't have like a big – run in the, mm -hmm. uh, the WWWF. So when you would tap in and see it, that would be like the very small sample that he was actually yeah. in the promotion. So that's pretty cool. And I don't know why, but I just, uh, I think Uncle Donnie would be uh, like reenacting an Andre the Giant move on you <laughs> and my dad <laughs> at some point. But um, it's funny that that era would be the previous era that took place before the Coliseum videos uh, took off. So when they would go back in those early Coliseums, they would look at stuff from the late seventies and the early eighties. And a lot of people, had they not you know, seen it on the channel nine uh, championship wrestling, you never saw it before. So it was kind of for you discovering those, you actually got a little bonus and you saw some of your guys from a couple of years prior. Oh, absolutely. And I had a friend, uh, probably in about the fifth grade at that point. And I had a friend who I'm, I'm actually still in touch with to this day, uh, all these years later, uh, I had a friend in the fifth grade who used to bring in uh, pro wrestling illustrated. Oh, wow. And, um, uh, and, and these would have at the time, the graphic um, crimson masks uh, as they became known um, just the bloodiest of bloody matches. And there was, there was my, uh, my guy superstar just completely, um, saturated in blood. And I was like, Oh my goodness, why don't they ever show this on TV? And, um, and it was, uh, him having those wrestling magazines, um, uh, in addition that just said, you know, this is, this is great. This, I, I, I love this. <laughs> That's so awesome. Yeah. Those, uh, those magazines can be pretty graphic. <laughs> oh, yo, my by goodness. They were. <laughs> Even by yesterday's standards, they could be uh, considered too graphic. Uh, but back to what you said about, all right, so you, you rent them. You got the one-night rental, the hot one right off the rack, one night to watch it. So that means, uh, you know, you could either uh, be a rainy night, you're inside watching a, a wrestling tape, or you're watching it when you come home, 2 o'clock in the morning. Um, I mean, what do you do with it? Is it like, you know, you got to watch it right away? Is it something that you do wait to watch? Is it an instant rent? When it's a one-nighter, what's the, the vibe? You got to do it right away? It's well, you know, I went to the video store. It's got it, you know, uh, on my way to work. So it's got to sit in the car while I'm working. But the whole time I'm working, I'm thinking, I, I really want to see this. I really can't wait to get <laughs> home to watch this uh, video. And then, you know, you go out and uh, uh, and and sin um, was my girlfriend at the time. Now my wife, um, thirty one years. Thank you. Couldn't be happier. Very nice. Um, I was there. Very nice. Make, make sure you you tell her I said that. Um, <laughs> And, you know, we'd go out to dinner and, and you know, uh, uh, watch TV. And uh, by the time I got home, it would be 2 o'clock in the morning. But the whole time, I'm sitting there saying, I can't wait to watch this video. <laughs> and, uh, you know, by, and I get home, first thing you do, throw it in. 
and uh, and just uh, the whole the whole experience, the introduction, uh, the graphics, the uh, um, the commentary. Um, you know, here we we're going to Cleveland, Ohio, uh, for Jake the Snake Roberts versus Hulk Hogan, and you know that at that time, I don't think pay per views even were uh, that uh, popular yet, and uh, you know you're seeing two guys that that would never put together on uh, superstars or on challenge, and you see you got the chance to see them um, uh, face off against each other. Uh, Macho Man, when he was Intercontinental uh, Champion, facing off against Hulk Hogan, it's like they, you never saw that on TV. Yeah, and this is what you know. This is eventually was the idea in the uh, um, of uh, uh, Monday Night Raw was to put you know these pay per view type matches on a weekly basis. But I was getting that uh, from the Coliseum videos. I mean, you could pick up a best of the WWF volume five and all it did was have to show you on the cover, you know, Hulk Hogan having the macho man in a, uh, in a headlock. And you're like, well, I don't know if I've ever seen this match before, but there you go. I'm all set and ready to go. And they would share that match a lot. That was one that they did in Detroit. They did it in, like you said, Cleveland, New York, New Jersey, but you didn't get to see them on regular television. So the Coliseum video, like you explained is your, your, <laughs> your view master, if you will, into the, uh, the world of the house shows. And you would eventually start going to the house shows, but I don't want to get to that yet. We'll talk about those in, in a few minutes. I want to talk about now uh, the infusion of a young Chadster. So now <laughs> I always say my first exposure to wrestling is you recording the Saturday night main events. Uh-huh, that's right. So those right there is how I remember seeing early wrestling and, and first discovering it. And and I always pinpoint it to 1987 as the 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 catapult, if you will. Um, but then you're renting these tapes and then you'd have a little guy who would come in and out of the room. What do you remember about that first impression of me getting to see these characters come to life on the screen? Uh, I, I remember... Um... Uh, describing what I was watching. Uh, yeah. The little guy would come in uh, um, to the room and uh, um, head straight for the famous Hess truck incident, which we won't talk about. No, this but, isn't Hess trucks. Uh, no, this is not uh, Hess truck, Chad. <laughs> and, uh, and would ask, you know, what, what did you rent? And because, you, you know, there would be the Parkway video box right there. Uh, I'd tell him, oh, this is a, a wrestling tape. And I would describe to you, uh, and I remember you actually not just um, listening, but absorbing what I was saying <laughs> and describing this this superhero, this, this Hulk Hogan, you know, and saying that... Uh, um, just when things are getting dark and just when thing you don't think uh, there's any hope you hear dun 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 da 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 and here comes this Hulk Hogan in to save the day and uh it was i think those descriptions that were the hook and the next thing you know i would put it in for you I said do you want to watch it and he goes yeah i i want to watch it and you'd sit there on the end of the bed watching and uh you know and this would be like a early Sunday afternoon and uh, over for a visit and having Sunday dinner. And uh, I'd leave to go get, you know, Lance to come over and join us. And I'd leave you sitting on the bed watching this video. And I would come back maybe about uh, an hour, hour and a half later. And you had not moved. <laughs> you stayed. I, I said, do you want me to turn this off so you could take a break? No, no, leave it on. Leave it on. No, I'm okay. Yeah, but we have to eat now. No, no, leave it. All right. Can you, all right, stop it at this point. And, uh, and then I, I, can I come back and watch? Yes, you can come back and watch the rest of it. <laughs> and then it became you um, making the beeline for the VCR saying, what did you rent this time? And I said, okay, well, this one's about Rowdy Rowdy Piper, who's Hulk Hogan's arch enemy. And, oh, yeah. you know, he's, uh, there's some Hulk Hogan on here. And, you know, and, uh, and it was just became the routine where you would just say, okay, now would you rent? <laughs> Which, <laughs> what is it today? What is it this one? You know, can you, can you rent this Hulkamania one again? And uh, I, I'm pretty sure you owe me some, some money for late fees because uh, on the one night rentals, uh, which the late fee was a little, you know, a little bit more that's expensive on one at rentals. Yeah, I, I would hold it over from Saturday into uh, Sunday 
and uh, and bring it back Monday. And uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure uh, the Chadster uh, <laughs> ran up a, a pretty hefty bill on the late fees there. But look at how I would uh, kind of give you a return on your investment all these years later. Oh, absolutely. Right? <laughs> yeah, I can't I can't squawk about that. I, I absolutely cannot. I've been uh, repaid tenfold uh, the minimum. Yeah, I, I completely agree about that for sure. Uh, now, how about this? So the Rowdy Rowdy Piper one, that one really does stick out to me as uh, as one I do recall at a very young age, you know, getting to see and digesting it. And I've seen it countless times since I, I i had it at one point and i have sold it which as this podcast unfolds you'll hear the recollecting journey that i'm on but that one specifically was so much different than the other videos because it was more of the shtick than it was just the matches they had matches and they had piper's pit but you got more shtick from piper than you did anything else you got the the famous roddy piper interviews himself which is what made these videos <laughs> so cool and so different uh, exactly. It was things that in, in Brooklyn at the time you didn't have access to. And uh, it's things literally you had not seen before. But I think with Piper, well, for me anyway, I don't I, I don't know how uh, if you would agree with this. But for me, it was, uh, you know, Piper became my number one favorite um, wrestler. And uh, uh, and I think it was the fact that when he became my favorite, it was that he was the bad guy. Right. And I really, uh, I don't know if I, if I could have wrapped my head around, you know, the bad guy being my favorite, but that's, that's what happened. And, uh, uh, I was like, wow, this, this is great. This is, this is, uh, such a, uh, a new experience for me. I'm, I'm rooting for the bad guy. And, uh, once, you know, I saw, uh, um, him do that in an infamous dazed, he's about to go down. And the next thing you know, he, does the, the the eye poke i said this, this guy's fantastic there, there's no way in the world i cannot watch this guy and uh but for me it was saying wow i can't believe that the bad guys is my favorite right now so oh it's uh it's so funny too because then when i first started watching and then discovering it in early 87 he's a good guy now so i re remember <laughs> very clearly one of the tapes that you rented is the hulk hogan roddy piper team up against uh paul orndorff and Harley Race mm. from Madison Square Garden. But then you watch Rowdy Roddy Piper's greatest hits, and he's the most dastardly evil guy in the history of mankind. And I would say, but he's a good guy. He's friends with Hulk Hogan now. Mm. But I didn't know, and I would come to discover through these tapes, the, the journey, if you will. And if you watch the trajectory of a lot of these releases, you see how they go from mortal enemies to kind of not really liking each other, but feeling each other out to then teaming later on and i think that that's beautiful storytelling for that era well I, I i could not wait until those uh wrestlemania um um tapes hit were released and uh hit the the one night rental uh shelf and uh and just sitting there and just um uh I, I I was uh, the sponge at that point, uh, absorbing everything that was going on in uh, uh, in these first the first three. I think were the ones that had the most impact on the mm -hmm. uh, the video releases, and um, because by the time you got to three, like you said, uh, Piper had uh, gone through his eventual uh, face turn, um, but by the time he got to three, I, you know I was so far into it that i had seen the build-up the storytelling uh that you mentioned um leading up to um not only you know wrestlemania one with with uh, uh mr t and then two with the boxing match and then three um with uh adrian adonis but the best part of three was um when it was in piper's pit that hogan and Andre uh, faced off, and Andre, you know, did the tore the shirt and the and the chain and uh, and uh, Piper's famous. You're bleeding, man. You know uh, that, that I, I was hooked. <laughs> I was like, this could not be any better. And uh, uh, but yeah, I remember. I remember being actually uh, very anxious for those to hit the uh, the new release uh, uh, shelf, and uh, uh, it was, and then to tie in magazines and uh and i think at that point you were so far into it that um uh, uh i think i was actually um uh, 
I think the toys, the LJNs had started. Yes. Yeah. LJN starts in 85. So oh, okay. 87, it's starting to wind down. It's not as you still see them in the stores all the time, but it's not as easy to get as they would have been the year or so prior. No. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It was just, uh, uh, but you're right though. That that was to me, the storytelling, it, it, I, I likened it at the time to uh, soap operas and it was actually, they were appearing in soap opera weekly, the recaps of, you know, the week's events in re- the world of wrestling were being published in soap opera weekly. Really? <laughs> absolutely. I don't, I, I had no idea about that for real. Wow. Yeah, yeah, they they done it. I think for about, I want to say for maybe a quarter, maybe about four four months or so. Oh my! And uh, you know, uh, Anson, we get soap opera weekly, and uh, you know, I say, look, look in the back here. I said, there's wrestling. I said, they're they're giving you the recap of everything I just told you that's going on in wrestling. And uh, uh, but yeah, it was uh, it was it was a great time. It really was, and, uh, and to be able to share it with you as a as a little kid, um, you know, was a lot of fun for me as well. You know, because my, you know, your dad and uh, Uncle Donnie were not going to have any part of this. No, you know? <laughs> no. And uh, uh, and I think, like you say, going into the professional world, uh, I had um, you know graduated college, got my first job uh, in New York City, and. Um, uh, made friends with uh, uh, people who actually were also big fans of, uh, uh, of the uh, industry. And uh, yeah, and that's when, that's when the house shows uh, started making their appearances. Yeah. And that's around, I would say probably used because you ended up giving me all your magazines with the inserts with all the cards <laughs> inside. So I have just as working, uh, much working knowledge of it as you do. You were really, I would say, mid-87, probably at your peak of, of going to the shows, into 88. Um, I've referenced it on another podcast. I just don't recall which one. But as you started to kind of go the other way and started to kind of get out of it, that's when I turned up the heat and mm-hmm. I got even more into it because I'm looking at the list of all the Coliseum releases and when I hit my heyday is just about between WrestleMania four and the survivor series, right? That's probably my peak. It's mm. kind of where you started to lighten up a little bit, but talk about going to those house shows and how they were a great compliment to the videos. Cause now you could see some of those matches that you got to watch on uh, the tapes. I, I thought the house shows were, were just an uh, absolute dream. Um, it, it didn't matter, you know, who was on the card, <laughs> you know, because like you said, the matchups, you're seeing, uh, uh, people they would never put against each other on free TV until the Saturday night's main event. But, uh, uh, to see that, uh, take place in front of you, uh, I was just absolutely, uh, uh, beside myself. I loved every second of it go the garden a few times or out to what was then the Brendan Burnery. It didn't, didn't matter. I did not care <laughs> I would, if they were in the area um, I was going. Then, um, you know, when Hogan appeared on the cards, I, I was all in, there was no way in the world I was not going. And uh, uh, the, the best, you know, his, uh, his main event right before intermission, I'm thinking, well, that's odd, you know. They're, they're, that, that, but it's cool, you know. Put the main event right in the middle of the card, but you know, thinking, well, why would you want to stay after that? And then, you know, hearing that uh, it's because you know Hogan wanted to get out of there. <laughs> oh yeah, no, he was getting the heck out of. You're wondering why the Bushwhackers, you know, and the Conquistadors are the main event of a, Ma- a Madison Square Garden show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm saying, well, 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 that's odd, you know. Well, you know, it's intermission. We just saw Hogan, which is you know why I'm here. And but now there's a whole another half of the card, and uh, well, what the heck? Well, you know, of course we're going to stay. And uh, you know, seeing Andre the Giant in person for the first time, um, and I was, I think it was, what was it? I think it was, um, it was Hogan. I want to say it may have been Hogan, and um, I can't. Might have been Hogan and Bam Bam against DiBiase yes. and Virgil. Yes. Is that right? Yep. Madison Square Garden. Yep. With uh, uh, Andre ringside. Correct. And I was, I was, you know, sitting, I think I was probably in the blues or the, uh, the, the front portion of the blues, which, you know, uh, kind of the upper level 
place was packed, but Andre the Giant looked like he was normal sized from where I was sitting. I was like, this this guy is huge. You know? That's, the, that's I, the angle for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, wow. Uh, and then, you know, Hulk Hogan, uh, when the music hit and the whole place just pops, just erupts. And uh, he, he was the tannest man I think I had ever seen <laughs> in person. Like, wow, this guy's tan is absolutely perfect. And uh, it was just, uh, and then there was the infamous one that I always talk about uh, um, related to Saturday night's main event. Uh, at that point was um, when I bought my tickets, it was champion versus champion. It was going to be Hulk Hogan versus the honky tonk man who was the intercontinental champion. And Hogan was the heavyweight champion. And it was going to be a champion versus champion match. I'm like, oh, are you kidding? Take my, just take my money. <laughs> yeah, just take my money, <laughs> please. You know, don't, are you sure that's all you want for these tickets? I'll pay you more. You know, but uh, he um, on the, the prior Saturday night to this house show was the infamous twin referees, uh, the Hebners, and um, you know Hogan getting uh, cheated out of his belt, and Andre becoming the new champion and you know hogan doing the world-class pantomime in the middle of the ring saying where's my belt where's my belt you know without ever saying a word just you know the guy was the best pantomime artist i think when he, uh, he screams in the mic how much did they pay for the plastic surgery <laughs> so uh so then you know i'm like whoa whoa whoa, whoa, whoa wait a minute i got tickets for wednesday Where's my champion versus champion? No, hold on here. What, what? So, you know, Hogan uh, uh, does the house show versus Honky Tonk. Hogan uh, wins by a DQ. And again, Hogan, you know, before he does ear for the cheer or anything, does the pantomime. Where's my belt? I won the belt. Where's my... And everybody knows that, you know, uh, belts do not change hands on a uh, on a DQ or a countdown. No, <laughs> so and Hogan asking where's his belt, he should really know better, you think, you know? And that picture had just surfaced in a Facebook group that I had seen a couple weeks back. And it was, people were saying, oh, what's Hulk Hogan doing with the Intercontinental belt? Oh, did they forget the world title one night? Did they substitute it? And I, you know, I was quick to chime in, but somebody had already said it, that it was the champion versus champion uh, match that never came to be. And if you want to follow the great uh, champion versus champion uh, trajectory, you rent Hulkamania 3 because it chronicles the whole twin referee and Andre beating Hogan and DiBiase having the title. So that, that might be one of the few Coliseum videos we actually own, which I actually, I think you may have bestowed upon us. I think that's the uh, Hulkamania three Hulkamania three. That's, that's one of the few Coliseum videos that we actually do. Well, I mean, at some survived. point I had multiples, you know, and I had, I had such a database of them that, yeah, I would, I would I'd pass them along to uh, to the next generation of uh, wrestling fans, and and try to bestow upon them the same knowledge that was passed to me. And I just re I can just remember soaking these things up like a sponge. The ones I could just think of off the top of my head, like I said, the Rowdy Roddy Piper one, the Saturday Night's main event, um, greatest hits. That was another one because that had the Hogan Orndorff <laughs> cage match. That's right. And I believe Hulkamania two is the one that, that really stood out because that had the whole Orndorff Hogan saga, which is my favorite feud of all time. So those are the ones that really stick out to me. And, and, and they, every bit of every minute of it was gold. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you couldn't fast forward through them. Everything was good. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and if, you know, two o'clock in the morning after, you know, long day working and, uh, you know, going out and uh, whatnot, getting home at two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Might, might be a little, a little drowsy, but, uh, you know, if I did happen to nod off, um, during one and I, and I would wake up I'm like, Oh no, no, no. I have to rewind to see what I missed. There's none of that. We we're going to watch every second of these and, uh, well, well worth it. Well worth it. All right. So let's go back and see what would you say would be your marquee Coliseum video in the whole 176 tape run, mm. which your heyday would probably take you up to about, I would say, let me give you the number. You would probably have made it without any kind of break to about number 60. So what, what would you put at the top of your list? Uh, WrestleMania three. Really? WrestleMania. Th it's the, it's the perfect card to me. It's the most balanced card uh, in WWF uh, history. 
Um, they never had a, from top to bottom a more balanced uh, and en- en- entertaining um, card. And uh, so I put uh, WrestleMania three followed by, you know, uh, a, a multi-tiered tie of anything that starts with the word Hulkamania and ends with a number. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you would have made it flawlessly through three. Uh, so the George the Animal Steel tape doesn't hit your radar. No, no, wasn't uh, wasn't real big on uh, George the Animal Steel. Um, uh, he was he was okay um, in the uh, the Steamboat Macho Man um, uh, angle, but uh, but otherwise, not. Nah, wasn't real big fan of uh, George the Animal. This is one thing I want to hit on too, and this is going to be a big thing I kind of tie into most of the guests that I'll end up having on. Uh, this little uh, endeavor I'm working on here, different video stores carry different tapes. So can you remember a time where you went to a different store and it had a, a, a WWF tape you had never seen before? Would, would that entice you to want to just get a membership to rent that tape? Uh, no, because at the time, your video store allegiance was... A strong one, <laughs> you, know, you, uh, you know, and Parkway Video that uh, uh, they would they would literally triple park in front of that place. Wow! Because um, parking is awful. Bay Parkway in Bensonhurst, um, right across the street from the Marlboro Movie Theater, oh. uh, parking was horrible. So a lot of people would just literally just park, double park, and then triple park uh, and run into the video store to either drop their tapes off or in Brooklyn. Heck, they would triple park and then go browse and take their time. (laughs) It didn't matter. But, uh, you know, I usually was one to uh, to find a nice parking space and and walk. (laughs) But, you know, your your, your video store allegiance was a powerful one. So I went nowhere else but Parkway Video to get. Uh, my Coliseum videos. See, I would, I, I just spread it uh, wherever I could. If I saw one, I would just want to go in there and be like, okay, what's your membership fee? $5. I remember <laughs> specifically, this was probably around 95, 96. Uh, this weird pharmacy had opened in Homedale, <laughs> New Jersey, right? Yeah. Actually where uh, my, my TMPT empire uh, brother, uh, John, John J.P. Paz uh, grew up right around the corner from him. There was this pharmacy that opened and they had a, a just a ridiculous wrestling tape section, but their membership fee was $5. And this became <laughs> like a point of contention of how I could only go in there and browse and I could never uh, <laughs> rent any of the tapes because you had to pay the fee. And that was ridiculous because you could only sign up to ones that had the free uh, membership. But the last yeah. laugh was on me. Well, you know, I and I I did join uh, those uh, video stores in the in the neighborhood because I didn't live near Parkway Video. I used to stop there on a way to work, and uh, but I would join you know neighborhood video stores for you know uh, uh, your uh, Aunt Lynn um, so that <laughs> she could stop if she wanted to rent a tape. Uh, she could stop in a in a neighborhood store and away from the train station, um, but you know answer your question and i think about it, nobody had the selection that uh parkway video had i mean they had not only were getting the re uh the new releases but they had the vintage stuff they had uh, uh, uh almost every title that was available at that time wow. they had so um you know if you couldn't get the new release then you just go browsing and, and pick up one you've never seen before and it, it would take you a while <laughs> to get through all of them as as you uh, as you know <laughs> oh it could i mean those like i said sick look 60 tapes of coliseum video gets us to the beginning part of 1988 so that just goes <laughs> to tell you yeah. how many they really did release in that uh that amount of time but it's uh yeah, it's yeah. just it's an unbelievable uh, thing to introduce somebody in the '80s, especially during that heyday. Uh, the LJNs, the Coliseum videos, and that's why this show. I, I'm just I'm so happy to get it going because I really want people to discover these cool things that I got to see. And if you're a newer fan or you're an older fan who maybe dabbled, maybe you saw one or two, this could entice you to uh, to go back and and check it out. But uh, I uh, I think you created a monster personally. <laughs> And uh, I don't think if you, I asked you 35 years ago if uh, your uh, nephew would be talking about it on a podcast, you would say, "What's a podcast?" <laughs> yeah, uh, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But uh, uh, it just—I uh, I 
you weren't my kid, so it didn't matter if I was ruining you. So, <laughs> hey, that's the way I look at it. Whatever, that's fine with me. I, I, there's no uh, skin off my back. I always thought my dad had a vendetta against Vince McMahon, <laughs> and they were old rivals from school for how much my dad hated wrestling. But uh, we've moved past that. We've moved on. So that's the good part. Well, yeah, yeah I felt I felt bad, and, and you know, I wouldn't have blamed if he had a vendetta against me for for turning you on to this. But uh, um, it was uh, it, it, it was worth it. Uh, you know, I, I I was the fun uncle, so <laughs> still are. Still oh, hey, are. no, hey, hey well, uh, Jay, I'm gonna edit that. I got to take that part out. No, I'm just uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, look, I I I can't thank you enough for uh, coming on and talking about this and giving a little bit of the backstory to uh, why I got introduced to this wacky, crazy Coliseum video world. And as we throw it back to the uh, to the outro of this show, uh, any closing words for the uh, the Coliseum Video uh, fanatics? Uh, this uh, the the Coliseum videos bring back a lot of great memories, uh, not only of uh, uh, of our relationship uh, um, from uh, all the years to today, but um, just of a, a different time and. Uh, you know, just the sight of the Coliseum uh, video logo with the WWE uh, um, etched in it, and uh, it just—it's just they bring back very fond memories. And uh, if nothing else, um, you know, if, if folks look at them the same way that we look at them with fondness, then you know, you really can't ask for much more than that in life. It's the ultimate in team competition. Ten teams of four go head on in the holiday event of them all, the Survivor Series, available from Coliseum Video, December 15th. If you were ever going to ask me, did my origin start with Parkway Video back in Brooklyn, I would have said yes, because I knew, but uh, it's just so cool to put that story kind of in the, the, the Chad uh, timeline. I've talked about it so much, but there you go. You heard it right here directly from the, uh, the horse's head. You got to hear where it all started and uh, where it continues. Because, I mean, I I can't stress enough how important it was to watch those tapes with him and be able to see these these giant superhero-like superstars come to life uh, on screen in these Coliseum videos. So that was great. Hopefully you enjoyed it. It was a cool look into uh, what it was like to be a fan at that point as well because he got to tell you he was in his 20s in the 80s. So, I mean, what better way to uh, to, to spend a night on the town than going to Parkway Video, renting a couple wrestling tapes, and then once a month heading out to Madison Square Garden to watch the matches. I mean, I would literally die to do that and, and go back and digest that point from an adult point of view that must have been so awesome uh to see because man we could use another heyday like that that's for damn sure um but there you go that's episode one of coliseum chad uh why don't we do this again next month and i will bring to you uh something that i've been kind of sitting on i have a big surprise as it relates to the uh the coliseum video world that i'm going to unearth i'm going to share with you something that i learned that i never knew up until the preparation for this show, I'm not going to reveal it now, but I am working very diligently on uh, getting in touch with somebody who was so vital and so pivotal to the success of the early stages of Coliseum Video that it might knock your socks off if I can get it done. But I'm going to reveal what it was in the next month's uh, show. I want you to go back into the TMPT archives and I want you to dig up the uh, interview that John and I did with Stephen Hecht of Coliseum Video. He was the original director of most of the Coliseum Video releases. He produced and direct, directed so many of them uh, in those early stages that it's an all-encompassing um, interview that I would love to duplicate. I've lost touch with Mr. Hecht a long time ago. I've been working hard to try to reestablish that, but it has been quite the uh, <laughs> quite the hurdle to get over to get him back uh, on the TMPT airwaves Uh, But I would love to bring that um, to light. But go back and check that out in the archives. That just goes to show you where my head was at. And if you listen to the stories I said on that show, it's the same exact thing. So my stories are consistent. But that is a uh, a window as well into the early days of Coliseum Video. So that's a great compliment to this podcast. Uh, Stay tuned for next week's New Generation Declassified. We'll get back on the regular uh, New Generation rotation. And we'll be back here in one month's time 
to uh, talk more about the Coliseum videos and uh, get in on this journey with me. Share with me if you can on Twitter. Uh, if you were a collector, if you want to collect, if you rented them, what this meant to you as a fan growing up, and did it have the same impact it did on me? I would love to uh, hear your thoughts and feedback. And uh, we will uh, get to wrap it up here. If you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at Chad EMB. If you want to follow me on Instagram, it's at IB Exclusives. My website is IBExclusives.com. There you can find everything going on with my uh, private signings and sports autograph business. Actually, like I mentioned a little earlier, branching out a little bit into the celebrity world. William Shatner, the uh, famous Hollywood actor, Captain Kirk, WWE Hall of Famer. We're going to be doing a private signing with him this March, so check that out. Uh, for all of our podcasts under the TMPT umbrella, it's TMPT Empire. Com. You get all the links to the podcast that John does, as well as the uh, great stuff we do with Channel Attitude and the Russo brand to include the franchise Shane Douglas, the Triple Threat podcast every week, doing it the way the franchise knows, and that's with no rules and uh, the gloves off. So check us out on the Russo brand and eyes up here with the Queen of Extreme, Francine, on Patreon, as well as the Creative Control Network. Join us for multiple shows. We're up to five shows a week on both Creative Control and on Patreon. So if you like classic ECW content as well as a little bit of uh, wackiness and craziness, then Eyes Up Here is the show for you. So uh, thank you very much for listening. I really can't do it without you. And we're going to deep dive Coliseum video here on the TMPT Empire Airwaves. So for uh, my uncle who joined us before and myself, this is the Chadster. We will catch you on the flip side. Thanks for listening to the two-man power trip of wrestling. What the world is downloading.